great to be with you again this month. I am really, really excited today about this podcast because we are very honored and privileged to have with us a very special guest today, Sandra Salazar. She is a licensed professional counselor. She's also the clinical director and founder of Forever Hope Counseling Center. So it's great because today we're going to talk about a subject, or she is, not me. <laughs> I'm going to ask her some good questions, but we're going to talk about a subject that I've been hearing a lot about from all the people in my world that are around me that have teenagers, right? Asking questions, you know, even getting to that called tweens getting ready to go into the teenage right there on the cusp of like 12. Mm -hmm. And I am hearing and praying for a lot of our teenagers and tweens. And so thank you so much for being willing to, it's just such an honor and privilege to Mm -hmm. have you here with us today uh, to ask you some questions Mm -hmm. and get your input. It's Mm going to help so many parents. I know that Mm -hmm. God's going to use it. In an incredible way. So thank you. And thank you for opening up your home to oh, us today. You're welcome. Thank I'm very you. excited. So how long have you been doing this? Oh, I have been working with families for close to 20 years, a little oh. bit maybe even over that. Oh. Um, Forever Hope is on its 10th year, but working with families about 20. That is great. Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazing. Well, let's just get right to it sure. because we've got a lot let's of information that. that we want to get out there to help our mm-hmm. chosen women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to help all of our girls, right? <laughs> okay, so um, how do we identify the best methods of communications with our teens? Because we're going to be talking about communication and boundaries with our adolescents and our teens, right? Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes really hard. As a grandparent, I sit back and I'm kind of watching a CC, watching, and even for this is going to even help me to help working with even with my grandchildren Mm -hmm. and I have a tween that's right there so how do we identify the best method of communication with our teens so methods are really tricky right now Cindy because of our day and age Mm. with the digital world that we live in so many teens are involved so much in their phone right and they all they know is texting and and FaceTime and and Snapchat and all these other type of social media Research still says that face-to-face communication is the best. Nothing's going to replace us sitting next to each other and being present with each other. But I really feel like it is um, going to be tricky. I think parents need to really know their child, their teen, and know where they're comfortable and kind of be willing to enter their world a little bit to communicate with them so that they're on this really nice, comfortable ground for their teenager. But there's so many varieties. Um, I I still believe in the old-fashioned letter when things are a little bit too hard to say uh, verbally, Mm -hmm. you can write it down. You can use um, just a narrative format of letting a child know how special they are to you or maybe some concerns if you have those. You know, you can use that as a modality as well. But really knowing your child and where they're most comfortable and and using that, because it's gonna vary from child to child, teen to teen, even parent to parent. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, You know, you're trying to get, if they're, like you said, the digital age, and I see my grandkids, you know, they're on, they're always on YouTube or Mm -hmm. those kinds of things, looking at videos and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Just trying to maybe sometimes parents, instead of, no, 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 can't do that, trying to step into what they're doing and using it that, but Mm -hmm. then also the face-to-face that's what you've seen. But to know mm-hmm. your kid. Mm-hmm. Know your child. And, and you know. may have to try some different things to see what works with your child. If you're not sure, it's like, well, 
you know, it looks like this and it looks like it could be like that. Because sometimes kids, they give confusing signals, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're like, well, I thought they, I thought you liked that and you wanted to do, no, no, I don't want to do that now. Okay. It's right, a new thing now. It's a new thing now. It's a new thing now. So sometimes you have to change or you have to mm -hmm. try different things. Mm -hmm. And so when you f try this and it didn't work, we'll say, well, that didn't work. So let me try this. And then you uh, try a couple of things, right? Until maybe you find the thing that is working. Mm -hmm. And then to know that that could change. Right, right, right. <laughs> wow, it's good. There's no bad answer, people. <laughs> Let's just keep work. Just the main thing is this, we keep working at trying to do that, to communicate to them. Right, show an interest in that child's life. Let, yeah. let the teen know that you know things are up and changing and maybe have them share with you what is changing. Um, Teenagers love to show their parents things when they know the parent doesn't know something. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, let me show you what that is, mom, you know, and just see what they're willing to share and get to know a little bit more about their comfort level so mm -hmm. that when you do have topics that you want to visit with them about, you can choose one of those modalities that they've taught you or that you're comfortable with or just go back to the number one way is face-to-face, -face, just those hard talks. I still love face-to-face, -to -face too. Mm -hmm. I know, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, texting or whatever and which or I'm on Instagram or whatever, mm -hmm. but I still love to have that face to face. Yes, you nothing know, can replace that. Nothing can replace that for sure. Well, how do we establish a, pa a pattern of ongoing communication with our teens uh, so that they will come to us when they do have a time of need? Because it does need to, we find out what the best way they do communicate, but we want it to keep going because we mm -hmm. want them to come to us when they need something or there's a problem or something they because you know i hear from some parents are like i thought everything was just fine and then all of a sudden yes. i get this text message i was at the store and i get this text message from my child and it's this and this and it was like it just caught them by surprise because mm -hmm. there wasn't this ongoing communication mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that that is an excellent point um we see that a lot you know week to week as we're working with our parents um sometimes parents are in the dark about things or the child or teenager might not feel like they're able to approach their parent. Um, this is really tricky for parents, but the number one key is being a good listener, mm. allowing that ground to be fertile so that the child or the teenager can come to the parent and, and tread on that ground and share something that they may be a little more reluctant to bring up. Mm -hmm. um, it's really difficult for a parent because our initial reaction as parents is we worry. And so we're yeah. going to um, maybe our voices will raise or we'll want to, you know, now we have to correct or discipline, those kinds of things. But we really need to stay calm mm. and we need to let the child know that we're here. We, wanna, we want to know what's going on in their life and that we're willing to listen. Um, when we can establish that trusting ground where it, it's not that we may not feel some type of disappointment or concern or fear as a parent, but we do need to be where they can approach us. Right. So listening is that number one way that really allows that child or that teenager to feel comfortable mm -hmm. when we're able to kind of put aside what all of, you know, all our worries for a moment and just mm -hmm. really try to be empathetic to that mm -hmm. teenager and, and allow that teenager to, to share. Um, the more comfortable they are in doing that, the more they're going to come when they need to. Yeah, that's so good. Such a great point because you want to be, as a parent, a safe zone for them, right? And not right. reactionary. Right. And you were just talking yes. about that. And it could be this horrible whatever thing they're going to tell you, but you can't react. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to be that safe zone. And you might not even agree with 
what they said or mm -hmm. but you have to just be a good listener right so important in in fact as you said that it just reminds me um we're not always going to agree right and oh, so yeah. having that dialogue with our teenager so that it's an open conversation mm -hmm. of sharing views and ideas so i'm looking at it this way how are you looking at that and what will happen how do you think so and so would look at that um, because if we go into debate where I'm wrong, you're right, mm. let me show you the yeah. way I need to teach you and da 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 that da won't accomplish they anything. will shut down because mm -hmm. they're they already are feeling uncomfortable that we're pointing out that they're not doing something right. Mm -hmm. They're in that learning mode. So they're gonna do a lot of learning and a lot of trial by error. Correct. Um, and we need to be there to support them in that and acknowledge that and be sensitive. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to have moments where we need to, you know, have correction, provide discipline and those types of things. But we do that in a calm manner and we're willing to listen before we just jump straight to that point. Mm -hmm. And make sure you've heard them out before you do jump in. And right. like I said, and not have the reactionary mm -hmm. uh, responses. Yes. And, you know, um, you know, one time I felt like, and my girls, of course, they're adults now, um, when they were growing up, you know, is I just felt, you know, love never fails mm -hmm. and make sure that no matter what, that my girls knew that we loved them mm -hmm. as parents, you know, mm -hmm. we might not agree with what you just did or what you're doing, mm -hmm. even as they get older, mm -hmm. but we love you no matter what. Absolutely. We not, not agree with the behavior mm -hmm. or the choice that you mm -hmm. made, but we love you. Right. We love you right. and we accept you and we're going to love you no matter what. That part over there, okay, we, you explain that, okay, I listen to that. I don't agree with that mm -hmm. because, of, and here's my reasoning, but mm -hmm. no matter what, they're going to know we love them right. unconditionally. Right, and I, I really like the way you said that we're separating the individual from the behavior. Yes. Because a lot of times when we have individuals who say, I'm feeling anxious or I'm depressed, it's like you're, you're a human being, a child, a teenager who's feeling depression. Mm -hmm. That's a separate issue, right? We're not going to yeah. let their your child take that identity on. No, and that is so good. I love that you brought up that point because, uh, and I'm really big about that. No, mm -hmm. that is a behavior. It's not you. Mm -hmm. It's not who you are. Mm -hmm. You are feeling that, but right. that's not you. Right. And, and I've been very good about definitely correcting those kind <laughs> those kinds of conversations. No, even now, okay, mine are adults, uh, but no, we don't say that, you know, mm -hmm. and not taking mm -hmm. that on. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I might be feeling sad or anxious or depressed, but no, I'm, you're, no, you're not walking in that. Right. Yeah. It's so a separate It's part. a separate mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. separating the behavior from the, the child or yes. the teenager. Very yeah. important. Mm -hmm. Great. Very good. Oh, I did something right. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so glad. Well, how do we remind our teens without becoming a nagging mother? Because, you know, that's hard. That, that part is, is so hard. hard. <laughs> we're all agreeing with that. I think right? Everybody is hard. <laughs> <laughs> we want to remind them of things, but we don't want to become nagging. Hey, this could be even a good question for husbands and wives, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> Not just kids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, that's a tricky one. I will tell you there are a few tips and strategies that I've seen that are helpful. Okay. Um, helping the child remember by pairing, kind of what you're trying to remind them about, pairing that with something that they'd want to do. So for instance, you know, after if they're younger, after you finish your homework, then you can go do this, because then they want to do this. So they're going to do 
their homework on their own without needing that reinforcement or reminder. Oh, okay. So if you pair it, um, if you also do what we call an endless timeline, so if you say sometime before you go to bed tonight, this has to get done. Okay. So it's not not expecting them to do it at three or four, and then you're you're. Or you have to go do your it chomp, now. Chomp, chomp, right. Because okay. then then that's what kind of triggers us to say, how come you haven't done that? When are you going to do that? Mm. I see you still haven't done that yet. You're you're on on on. Oh, but if you yeah. take that perspective of they have until they go to bed. I can go on and do other things and they're going to do it as long as it gets done before they go to bed. You know, right. it, it kind of naturally eliminates the, the, the harp that we might fall into. Um, being patient, of course, we need to remember that. Again, they're in learning mode. We all need reminders. Um, so if we do it, we, we do it, you know, with grace. We do it with empathy. We know they have a lot on their plate. They probably have you know, X, Y, and Z that they're still trying to work on. And yes, this is important. Does it have to be done today? Maybe it is something that should be done today. You know, the other thing is we want to make sure there's not an underlying factor that's causing them to be distracted mm. or maybe not being able to be as organized or, okay. or thorough with, with their, you know, their executive functioning, oh, those okay. types of things. And so just making sure and being careful, um, Sometimes by the time we see a kiddo, they've even a teenager or an adult, they've they've struggled all their life with the same types of patterns, um, but nobody ever checked it out. And so sometimes there's there's sort of, there's an influential factor involved there, you know. Can you give like an example of that? For instance, ADHD oh, okay. or, or something else that's okay. distracting them. Um, so just making making sure and being careful that that they are you know able to actually that they're able to actually do what right. you're asking them right. to do. Okay. Another helpful thing is having them repeat. You know, kind of like let me know what you know what, what did you just hear me say? That's I need very you to do good. today. Yeah, that's oh, really I heard great you say point. this, this, and this. Because right. then you can clarify if they miss something or right and then also their verbal interpretation helps reinforce you know okay that, that's puts it so in that memory good. bank yeah, yeah that's such a good yeah. point because a lot of times when we've I've done that and not with my kids or like okay what did you just hear what did I just say or what did you hear me say because yes. sometimes we do I found this like I said even in husband-wife relationships mm -hmm. right they didn't hear they didn't hear <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just say that <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, well, what did you think yeah. that I said? Uh -huh. No, I wasn't. I didn't say that. I said this, you know, yeah. but that's it's really yeah. a good point yeah. is to ask them, what did you hear me say or repeat yeah. back to me what right. you said? And it, and it really isn't any any it's not in a condescending manner no. I, I have been you know I'm so busy and oh, so course. our lives are, are just kind yes. of crossing so sometimes I'll say okay today's Wednesday don't you have something you know and I'm trying to go through it through my mind so it's just a helpful little strategy kind of verbalize review you know make sure I know what I need to get done today that kind of thing right and that's really great like you said mm -hmm. it's like oh you have certain things that are doing certain days well hey today is this so this is what's happening is this still happening today right. that you you have this test today or this this particular thing I'm just checking to make sure right you know right. Yeah. yeah so and I love the part you too said about pairing and then giving them uh, time if you get it done between now or bedtime or whatever and mm -hmm. here's what you need to do so mm -hmm. very helpful yeah. that's very good I mm -hmm. think that'll help a lot of people it's mm -hmm. really good mm -hmm. um, how do we help our teens establish healthy boundaries in their lives that's Another hard one, isn't it? I mean, because adults struggle with this, okay? We struggle with healthy boundaries, right? We do. Yes. And so that's exact. I'm going to pick up a right what you just said because we really have to model this. Yes. You know? Isn't it interesting? If we ourselves are struggling with something, our children will too, mm. right? And so God kind of puts that on our hearts as parents is 
taking the lead in that way. And if we are struggling, then admit that this is something I'm working on. This is something I'm struggling with. You know, let's let's work on this together. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, if you have a parent who, let's say, raises their voice and mm -hmm. they don't want their child yelling, you know, they bring them in for counseling mm -hmm. and we'll say, oh, my child's always screaming. <laughs> I always ask which one of you is a screamer <laughs> and they're oh, me you know and so it's like okay let's work on this because yeah. they're watching you and I, I like to tell parents they're not listening they're listening right mm. and so they're watching you and so what can you do to show them hey I know this is hard um, and I'm going to work on this and then start showing them that you're turning some of that around it's not always the, the parent that's doing that but lead by example mm. um and so when you're setting boundaries, make sure you know why with intention. Why is this a boundary? You know, what's the importance of this boundary? What is it going to teach? How is the child going to benefit? How are you as a parent going to benefit from this boundary? Um, you know, there should be some clear reasons why you're establishing the boundary. And then if they falter, if they mess up on that boundary, then go back and revisit why that boundary is in place and, you know, and, and how it's helpful to keep to it and what will happen when you don't and those kinds of things. Mm, that's really good. I hadn't really thought about it in that way and saying, mm -hmm. and you tell them, no, you can't do this, but telling them the why, mm -hmm. you know, giving them, I ha we have this boundary mm -hmm. and why do you have it and explaining it to them why. That's really good. I really mm -hmm. hadn't thought about it like that. Really I like, like to that. ask the, the adolescent or the teenager to tell me the reasons why you think we have it because sometimes I'll say, I don't know. And like, well, let's think about it for a minute. Oh. And they have to kind of come up with that, well, this could happen or this could happen. And then they start generating these ideas because they're doing the work now and really understanding and picturing what could happen without this boundary. Mm. It kind of makes them work through that a little bit. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, th I, th I like that. But, okay, you heard that, parents. <laughs> Ask them, why do you think we have this boundary? It'd be interesting, like you said, to hear what they come up with. Mm -hmm. Like you said, they might go, well, I don't know. But then maybe if they start thinking about it, mm -hmm. they will really come to it. Yeah. Uh, a reasonable reason, right? <laughs> Hopefully, you yeah. might need some guidance, but yes. giving them the opportunity to really try to discover that on their own yeah. helps them really, you know. I'm, I'm sure it does. I bet that's really mm -hmm. good. And I like, too, the part, you know, you were saying about, you know, us modeling it for, and if you're as a parent struggling with that, to be mm -hmm. honest with them to say, look, I'm walking, I'm having to work on this too, mm -hmm. as a, you know, and, and give them an example, even from your life as a parent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always a, you know, because I think that makes them more like relatable, right? To your, your adolescent, your mm -hmm. teenager, to you going, well, even mom and dad or mom mm -hmm. is, has to struggle with this and she's working on it. So I can work on it too, mm -hmm. you know, but to let them know, cause you know, they're like, well, you don't know. They're like, you don't know everything. You're right. I don't yeah. know everything, you know, yeah. and, yeah. but I'm willing to learn and I need to get better at this too. Mm -hmm. So I love that. That's mm -hmm. so good to just be vulnerable with them. Yes. That's because a very if, good word. Yeah. Yes. Because if you're vulnerable with them, I think that they're going to be, it's more open to them to be vulnerable with mm -hmm. you and open with you. Right. If you're honest with them. Right. You want to find that way to connect with that teenager who thinks, Oh, mom's perfect. She does nothing wrong. There's no way she'd understand. Yeah. Or I'd be too embarrassed if she knew that I was doing Doing this or if I had trouble mm -hmm. with this I don't want her to know yeah you know that that makes it difficult for them to come 
for you know towards you because they they feel like you wouldn't understand their world mm -hmm. yeah because you bit. do hear them say that but you don't understand yeah you don't understand mm -hmm. and it's like mm -hmm. you know you're probably right that I don't understand and it is a lot different now mm -hmm. than even obviously yes, when I was writing my changed. children yes. and it's a lot different and you're right but help me understand yes. help me and you're yes. probably right I don't but help me understand mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but, and you're right, but when we are vulnerable and we are saying we, are, we could struggle with this too, that's like, well, okay, I'll help mm -hmm. mom, you know, help mm -hmm. her out. So mm -hmm. that's really good. Very mm -hmm. good points. That's awesome. Um, how do we approach our teens when they betray a set of boundaries, like a set boundary? Mm -hmm. Sorry. I would revisit that boundary that we established and the importance of why we had established it. But I'd want to understand what was difficult about that boundary because, again, they're in that le learning mode piece. And part of learning is making mistakes. Of and course. hopefully they're not life-changing mistakes because there are some that oh, are. Sure. But the child will have to make some mistakes along the way in order to know, sure. okay, that's not something I ever want to do again. Right. Um, and so taking that opportunity and being able to point it out, um, I think parents sometimes they, they get stuck and too focused on how can I establish the right punishment or how do I put down the right consequence, you know, those kinds of things. And a lot of times our, our children, our teenagers, some of their poor choices come with natural consequences mm -hmm. that they didn't get to pick right and they're attached and they're gonna have to go through that right um, and then we do something on top of it right mm -hmm. so just trying to really understand the impact of that missing that boundary and helping the child or teenager understand that boundary and, and how it affected them um, and then hoping that this isn't a repeated behavior pattern that this was a lesson learned something they can take away I I often tell my own children and of course clients as well when they say oh I really messed up this was awful I should have never done that mm. I'll say tell me what you learned like I right. really want to know what was your takeaway from that and mm -hmm. how is this going to help you in the future yes because forward. that's the whole point right yeah. if we it's can do that forward, if we can use it and mm -hmm. use it to help us and move forward and grow from it mm -hmm. right absolutely wow uh yeah that's really good because I I was thinking about, you know, they, they are going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. Rick one time said this, and I thought it was so good. He said, you know, we want our children to be where we are, like where we are now as adults, <laughs> right, and know the things we know, but not go through the That's things so that we went through to make yes. us who we are. Yes. Because who we are is a product of the choices and the decisions we made along the way mm -hmm. and bad and good. I love that. I love that. <laughs> right? I bad that. and good. Yes. And we made a yes. lot of bad ones. And sometimes we can see our teenagers or our children heading that way and you're like, oh no, especially when they're older, you know, please, I don't want the, I don't want that to happen. I know what's going to happen if, even as a young adult. And if you mm -hmm. do that, this is what's going to happen. But you can't tell them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, because we want to save them. <laughs> we don't want that to happen, yes. you know. And, yes. it's, and I thought that was such a great thing that he said. It's so true because we want them. Or it's like, because we love them so much, we want to protect them. We're only, mm -hmm. you know, we're like, we want you to have that boundary because we love you and we want to protect you. And mm -hmm. we know that if you, mm -hmm. if you cross that boundary, what it's going to mean. Yes. And, and, and because we know, you yes. know, because we maybe did it. <laughs> yes. And we learned that, been there, done yes. that, bought a t-shirt. <laughs> and we don't want to have to do that. Mm. But sometimes they have to. And like you said, they'll mm. have the natural consequence yes. from that decision or choice that they make. 
just besides whatever we would do mm-hmm. uh, and and they learned from mm-hmm. it you know and they're mm-hmm. like like you said won't do that again yeah you know but yeah. it's hard it's mm-hmm. so hard it's hard being a parent yeah. it's, it's the really hardest is. job in the world it is yes. it is and especially today it's really it's really really hard but mm-hmm. uh, give them a lot of grace right and, mm-hmm. and we want our kids to give us grace yes. so we want to give them yes. grace right and just that. help yes. them but uh, I think, you know, I love what you were saying, too, about, you know, talking to them about those consequences and and what they learn from it. And that's mm-hmm. so good to ask mm-hmm. them that and just to help them walk through those. And mm-hmm. they, they will learn that lesson. Okay, I don't <laughs> want to cross that boundary again, right? I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. you know? And this day that we're living in, a lot of stress and anxiety. Every week I am probably at least once a week hearing from a parent mm-hmm. that is telling me about their uh, adolescent uh, having stress or anxiety and that they didn't or anxiety would be that word I hear a lot mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. them that they didn't even realize that was going on you know um, with their adolescent it's going on a lot now mm-hmm. uh, in our ever-changing world which has definitely been a lot lately in the last year especially mm-hmm. you know with the pandemic and it's a you know a world that they have limited control over, that we have limited control over, obviously. Yes. Yes. Uh, distance learning, family stress, being lonely because can't be around your friends, your normal mm-hmm. life that you had mm-hmm. is different. And it's just causing a lot of anxiety uh, with, you know, with children, with adolescents anyway. So how do we help them? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I am getting this, uh, this come to me at least once a week, every week. And now where I am as a pastor, I say, well, I'm going to pray. Mm-hmm. And I start praying for those children and I start, you know, rebuking anxiety and mm-hmm. speaking peace over mm-hmm. them and the peace of God that mm-hmm. surpasses all understanding to guard their heart and their mind. <clears throat> I'm, the joy of the Lord is their strength. Turn their mourning into dancing. You know, just mm-hmm. I can pray scriptures over them. Yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely doing that. I'm speaking peace over them and joy and uh, praying against anxiety over them, but you know, I'm just want to. I'd love to get it mm-hmm. from your perspective mm-hmm. um, as being a licensed counselor and the thing, because you obviously I know that you're seeing a lot of this and a big increase yes. in this, right? Yes. In yes. the last year, some things mm-hmm. that maybe you could tell some of our ladies that would help mm-hmm. them. So I think anxiety is one of our biggest, you know struggles and and especially today with everything going on pandemic online learning distance learning um, not only for the students but also for the teachers so it's just transcending sometimes for parents it it funnels down to children or other adults it funnels down to children Um, but I would have started right there with what you said is that I am the biggest fan and big believer in God is in control Mm -hmm. Um, and so in addition to everything that you already stated that you're doing and teaching our our younger um, people that God does have a handle on things that we don't. Um, there are some things that they can do on their own because we want to give them a sense that there are some things yeah. that you can do, right? Right. And so I really like having them use like kind of a plate and, and put on the plate everything they think that they have some way or some capacity of controlling that, whether it's the food they eat, the time they go to bed, whether they spend time outdoors, how they connect with other people, how they're attending to their relationships, you know, those kinds of things that they can control. And if they have something that they can't, put it off the plate over here somewhere on the side, somewhere on the table, and just really go through what they feel they don't have control over versus what they do so they can get a visual. 
once they understand what they can control, then have them break those things down. Like what are some things you can do that would help in that way? So let's say they can't sleep. Well, then maybe we need to figure out a, a good sleep routine. You know, like really break down what's gonna help them with those things. If it's something that they can't control that's really bothering them, I would step outside of that and, and those are the things we're gonna hand over. We may need an outside professional that can help with some of this other stuff, but we really wanna pray over that. We wanna make sure that they understand that that is what we're called to do and to lean on each other and to look towards God for those things, not to feel helpless in that sense, but kind of shielded with his protection and his care. Um, but really giving them a visual seems to be very helpful because a lot of times people will say, there's nothing I can do, right? Mm. I, I feel anxious, I yeah. can't do anything. Yeah. Well, that anxiety is kind of like a false alarm and it's telling us to panic when maybe there isn't a reason to panic. Um, or if we're feeling overwhelmed, maybe we're putting everything on the plate instead of taking off the things that, that we don't have control over. Mm -hmm. So really looking at that and saying, what is it that I'm feeling this anxiety about or this stress over? And what is in my control that I can do something about? What are my resources? Who are the people that can be there to help me with these things? And so really just depending on what it is, you know, being able to take those things and, and deal with them individually. Okay. And, um, and so can you name some of those uh, specific things that they do have control over? Well, we do have a lot of control over the sleep we get. We need children, teenagers, need they want them about eight to ten hours of sleep. Okay. Sometimes parents will say, oh, my teenager sleeps all day. Well, that's because their bodies are in, in the midst of doing that. Right. Um, but when we have a teenager who's staying up past midnight and won't go to bed and then is, you know, not able to get up in the morning, you know, this is all disruptive of their their natural mood cycle. Uh, their um, rhythm right. cycle in their And body. so some of that we we can that rebuild that okay. sleep routine. We'll hear people say, Well I can't sleep, it's just me. My body doesn't sleep. Well you know, we've got to retrain it. Just like we did the baby when they yeah. were little. We put them in yeah. a routine and we taught them to yes. go to bed. We sleep do the at same, night. Yes, <laughs> we do the same thing. Um, and, and speaking of sleep, we need pre-midnight sleep. So we need to be in bed and asleep before that midnight, just regardless of our age. Okay. Um, and so, Good to know. Yes. <laughs> um, and even for busy adults. And so how are we all, you know, modeling that again in our home? And are we shutting things down? Um, by a decent hour to let our bodies get ready for that bedtime. Um, hopefully we're not using electronics a, an hour or two before we really want to be asleep because our stimulated bodies have difficulty going to bed. Okay. Uh, so that's one idea. That's good. Um, if, if not sleep, then we look at maybe the diet. You know, what are we eating? What are we putting in our body? Um, how because stress can come from foods that we're yes. eating and how we're yes. treating our body. Yeah. Um, we want to stick to high nutrients rather than high calorie mm -hmm. foods. And so making some healthy choices, I know that it's hard. Especially um, for teenagers, right? <laughs> for all of us, all it's of a us, challenge. Yeah. But And I wouldn't say give any of them up, but we want to make no. sure that we're doing everything in moderation and really watching our health. Mm -hmm. um, so taking care of how we eat, how we sleep, and then attending to our relationships. You know, how are we connecting with other people? That can reduce our stress significantly. How are we getting along? Are we not getting along? What is in our control? Are we using sarcasm? You know, are we, you know, how are we, are we debating instead of dialogue? Mm. You know, what are we doing that's maybe hurting our relationships? Um, because a lot of that is in our control. There's a ratio I want to tell uh, parents to stick to, and it's a, it's a one to five 
So every correction, every, you know, every time you say, ah, no, you've got to have five good to balance that one correction. Oh, and wow. so if it's the opposite and you're correcting, 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 you're overcorrecting uh -huh. and you're barely saying anything positive, positive or helpful, that is damaging to a relationship there. Okay. And that can cause a lot of stress. Okay. So really keeping that five to one ratio, five being the positive and then the correction being just one. Um, hopefully not using sarcasm, really yeah. using some good dialogue to correct and teach and, and those kinds of things. Oh, that's good. I'd never heard that, but mm -hmm. I like that. Very good. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, and obviously, we all know there are things you can't control. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you can, we cannot, couldn't control the lockdown or being having to stay home. Mm -hmm. uh, distance learning and pandemic, mm -hmm. those things were, there. I guess, you know, I think, the overwhelming anxiety, there were so many things all at once yes. that they couldn't control, you know, that kind of really brought that anxiety on. This has been a very difficult year, and it still is. We're not through yeah, it yet, no, right? That's true. Um, and when we're made to connect and be together, yeah. so this makes it very difficult. Um, spending as much time as you can outdoors is just something very natural. God knew exactly what he was doing when he designed our world. Yeah. And so when you're outside and you're getting that vitamin D, that sunshine on your face and yeah. the warmth, um, even on a cold day, you can still feel that warmth. Um, getting outside, getting that fresh air. If you have pets, spending time with your pets. Um, just really connecting with nature. Exercise is also very good. Mm -hmm. um, I have a treadmill that I use, but I also prefer outside, bad weather days. Today I did my treadmill if it's drizzly. Yeah, right. <laughs> but try to get that, you know, I, I do two to three miles a day. Some sure. people can just do a one mile, that's okay. Yeah. You really just need 20 to 30 minutes, but yeah. I do it for stress relief and sure. it works and I <laughs> definitely can tell when I don't do it. But find something you love and do it. Right, yeah. that's good. Keep active. That's, that's very helpful. Um, no, you're right, We're they're still in it and uh, coming out of it and everybody's still trying to figure out, well, what is the new normal and what mm -hmm. is that? Am I gonna be able to do this, this mm -hmm. and this? And so, uh, and I mean, you know, again, adolescence, teenage years, are hard anyway, mm -hmm. uh, and a stressful quote, you know, for them. Um, but then you add on all the extra things that we've had in the last year. So mm -hmm. it was just, you know, a lot. Mm -hmm. And so just uh, all the good things that you just said will really mm -hmm. help. It'll help adults. <laughs> mm -hmm. It'll help teenagers, but it'll help us as mm -hmm. adults too, to, mm -hmm. just to have those, okay, are you getting enough sleep? Are we eating properly? Mm -hmm. Are we getting outside and mm -hmm. getting some exercise just, to, you know, for us to, to do that? So mm -hmm. very helpful. Well, thank you so mm -hmm. very much for spending this time with mm -hmm. us. And I know that this is going to really help a lot of our moms out there and families mm -hmm. and I'm just very grateful for the opportunity, and thank you for being willing to do it for I've us today. I've had so much fun visiting with you. <laughs> I feel so blessed that you were even able to come out and visit with me, and so thank you oh, very much. Oh, we're blessed, so thank you so much. So thank you, Chosen Ladies. I look forward to seeing you again next time, and have a great, godly, amazing week, day, and remember you're chosen.